Yeah, did you get there? <laughs> did you reach the point that everyone goes, what? <laughs> I refuse to believe that's real. <laughs> I mean, it is from, oh God, what's her username? I that It is from someone who goes by high vibe honey. So I, I, I gotta think that here, let's just... You know what? You might be right. I was like, that's a comedian. <laughs> High vibe honey. YouTube. Oh dear. It's real. <laughs> Why are people insane? Unfortunately, people have always been like this. Oh, founder. Founder. She's a light worker. Oh. She's a wife and mama to orange heart, purple heart, green heart. My three um, favorite houses from Fire Emblem. Her, 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 her juicy feminine flow has 324,000 views as opposed to her others, which come in under, under 10,000. So I think at some point she's going to figure out <laughs> that something's going on. Yeah. Uh, oh, boy. My top three tips for beginning a feminine energy embodiment practice. I that's a, my favorite lunar charm. God, I have to come back to this, but first I'm going to inflict it on literally everyone else I know. I'm a light worker too, but only on days when I don't have a lot to do. Imagine unironically calling the person you're married to hubby. That is a straight thing. <sighs> well, uh, well, you know, well, the other day I was like, do you know the certain type of interaction between a, a couple or do you not know straight people <laughs> with, <laughs> with regards to a particular way that a cis man and a cis woman tend to behave i don't know let's can, should we um this is bonus experience <laughs> hey uh oh, we're we podcast are... with the deep you're bird. doing it okay cool wait shouldn't you do it I should i you know I, I we have it in front of us now so we're screwing it up oh shit that's right <laughs> i wish this was gonna go back and forth but we don't have to if you want to do it go for it no 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 after you okay okay we are a podcast with a deeper look at the play experience and the finer details of running and writing games. We are queer women speaking with authority about games. And yes, we swear. No, I'm not. I'm mad about it. I'm Ray. I'm Monica. You know who we are. This is a season three, <laughs> episode what, like sixteen? You know who we are. Yeah, but what if we're what if we're getting haters for this in the future? Okay. And they're oh. new to our podcast and they're hate listening. Cool. Then please go hate listen to a bunch more episodes and give us some more hate listens. Um, yeah, I ha I would hate it if you listened to our entire podcast. Yeah, I would really hate it if you listened to the entire back catalog just to figure out who we are. <laughs> I would really hate it if you gave a dollar to our Patreon so you could also have access to those episodes and hate those too. Yeah, I would really hate it if you gave us like five or ten dollars just out of spite. I would be I would be completely owned. Yeah, um, it would really make me feel terrible if you gave us a bunch of money. Um, 
uh, like, or if you bought stuff from our sponsor, I, we would hate that too. Yeah. You know, let's actually like do our proper introduction because this is one of those episodes where it kind of helps to, to oh, kind no, of cite who we our are. credentials. Oh yeah, yeah sure, no, at least sure. be like we know a little. We like sure we say that we speak with authority, but like right, 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 right we, we have who, who some. Are we? Yeah, I have a lot actually. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> um, do you want to go first? Your your list is okay. different than mine. I'm I'm Ray. Okay. I am I'm a freelance writer. I primarily now, uh, well, not primarily, but one of my biggest side hustles now is I'm a freelance writer for tabletop games. I write narrative. I write mechanics. Um, I write uh, setting. I, you know, I've kind of come to put a lot of things under my hat and I've been doing it for a little over a year now. On top of that, I've been a freelance fiction writer as well as a novelist. And I have an agent. Hey. Yeah. See. See. I said your your list was going to be a little different than mine. Just a little uh, different. Yeah, yeah. Just just a little different. Uh, I am also a hi Monica. You already said that. Uh, I'm also <laughs> a uh, freelance tabletop RPG writer, uh, which I have been doing for almost a decade at this point. Uh, I write fiction, and um, sometimes I write lore, but I don't really like doing that. Uh, <laughs> it's not my favorite. Um, and I write lots of mechanics, lots of mechanics, including several core systems and games that maybe you've played. Uh, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And some core systems for games you haven't played yet because they're not out yet. And I can't talk about them. Um, yeah. <laughs> together, yep. we've, together we've written on, it's got to be more than 10 separate lines at this point, right? Something like that. Uh, Across I several was, companies. I was considering making my big list the other day uh, again. Because so never mind. I'm, I'm not I'll, even talking about like individual books. I mean, like we've written for Scion mm-hmm. in all of its entirety. We've written for Exalted in all of its entirety. We've written for Vampire. Um, I've done. I've now got some Green Ronin under my belt. Um, I know you've got stuff that like we both have things that we can't even talk about because they yeah. aren't like out there yet. Yeah, we we know we know something about it. Yeah, uh, I am also a developer. Uh, for the onyx path which is like oh yeah beyond even writing you're like yeah basically a manager <laughs> yes basically a manager like a it's really kind of more like it's sort of a combination of being like a manager manager like i'm in charge of this group of staff um, but it is also sort of like being a project manager because it is i am in charge of this product getting done right yeah um and uh, the first, my first real effort at that has been released, and it's Titanomaki, which is really fucking good. Um, mm-hmm. And yes, uh, held on. So yes, I am the developer and an author on a a drive-through RPG bestseller, which hung out in the top ten for a supplement of a non-popular line, which is fucking outstanding for yeah. two months. Yeah, it's a good fucking book, y'all. <laughs> uh, and then it slipped down pretty quickly out of the top 10 once like that craze was it, it, it went it went to print people got were able to buy their hard copies and then it, it dropped out of the top 10 and d- down the list pretty fast um yeah. but honestly because it's it's basically scion's monster manual um i i fully expect to click on it one day and notice that it has sold over a thousand copies whoops yeah <laughs> someday that's gonna happen um but yeah so i know a fair amount of how like books get made um, and to add on to that, I also spent like a year and a half working in academic publishing, um, which was terrible and I hated it. But I <laughs> do know things about like how books are made. 
like a lot yeah. of things about how books are made. Yup. Yeah. Uh, it, it, both in a general sense, like because I worked in a, a real ass publishing house. It was a shitty publishing house, but it really, but it was real. <laughs> <laughs> and also being like in charge of uh, industry hobby books. So. <laughs> So we're going to talk about some fresh Twitter discourse, aren't we? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's uh yeah, it's coming. Um uh how do we introduce I hear I'm your boy no, going crazy in the background. Oh no, that's my husband. Oh, your your husband sounds like he's also chewing on a cereal box. <laughs> okay, so All right, let's let's do our best to summarize Y'all seen this tweet. (laughs) (laughs) So Indie Press Revolution, which if people are not familiar with, is one of the like biggest producers of independent game books out there. IPR put out this alarming all call. Ask basically trying to get anybody to come out to they live the, 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 the warehouse is somewhere in BFE, Nevada. Um it's like Burning Man Town. Yeah, it's in the middle of the desert somewhere in Nevada. Uh, looking for what was it, like a warehouse manager? God, it's it's like a little bit of everything, but I think the main duties are supposed to be warehouse manager or logistics. Yeah. Um, but the ad was full of red flags. <laughs> yeah, it was basically just one. It's like they printed the ad on a red flag. <laughs> so so relocation is required okay which they will like help with they say but it doesn't say that they'll actually completely cover relocation costs um not to mention you'd be relocating to a town of roughly 120 people 100 miles from the nearest grocery store so literally the middle of nowhere and it's not even like a town it's a village um on top of that it was like regular drives of like 20 minutes between the office and the warehouse, but they were only going to offer what they describe as a small weekly gas stipend. I don't know what that even, I don't, I I don't even know what that means. And I can't imagine what gas is like out in the middle of nowhere, Nevada. Um, Although I could look it up. Hey, I could look it up. You could. Gas prices in. We have the technology. We have the technology. We can rebuild it. Okay, it averages 2.6. That's awful. <laughs> We're down to 1.6 here in Kansas. Yeah, I don't, you know, I haven't bought gas in so long. I don't know what the price of gas is here right now. Oh, and it's in Washoe County, which averages 2.8. So it's nearly $3 a gallon for gas. Okay. And you'll have to drive 100 miles to get groceries. Yeah, and you have to drive 100 miles to get groceries if you want groceries. Um, the, uh, the duties include video production and editing for their YouTube channel. That doesn't sound social, like warehouse management. Social media engagement. Huh? Um, customer okay. service, both at the office and at conventions. Okay. Warehouse management, including like actually like packing and lifting boxes. Right. Um, inventory and logistics, as well as public relations at these conventions. Uh-huh. For $10 an hour. <laughs> All of this couched in language about what a great opportunity this is. Good, good Lord. <laughs> All right. So I would like to start. 
I, I do need to point out that they, since the initial blow up, because there was a blow up, mm-hmm. they modified the posting because mm-hmm. it used to include basically some straight up illegal shit about applicants' drug use history. Like they're not even supposed to ask about that. Right. Um, and like a really upsetting caveat about you have to be politely non-committal to bigots at conventions. Mm-hmm. So they've taken those out since then. But they haven't changed the fact that this is still like sub-Walmart wages mm-hmm. for some pretty significant investments on the part of the applicant who, by their description, should care about the game industry and geek culture. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so. <laughs> so. <laughs> so. the <sighs> problem. All right. Well, let's. So let's talk about. Oh, boy. Where do you want to. <laughs> Uh, where to begin? <laughs> let's um, talk about pay, baby. Yeah. So, like, all right. <laughs> let's. Talk, let's uh, okay. <clears throat> all right. So, I have done convention work for a variety of small businesses uh, where I got paid a similar small wage, but it was for a hobby event over a weekend. Yes. Uh, like, I have gotten paid to do, like, five hours of unload the truck. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, or help us set up the booth by unloading inventory. Um, where, like, the the pay was, oh, you get a discount on your admission to this thing, uh, and we'll pay you a small amount of money for helping right like yeah it's basically like paid volunteer yes it's basically paid volunteer work and we'll like buy you dinner or we'll give you some money like if i had been like the booth deal if i had been working the whole weekend and like staffing their booth and like interfacing with customers i would have gotten like a, a per diem and a paid for hotel room and like all that but mm-hmm, but most mm-hmm. of the cases, it was just like, I am a person who is able and in good shape. I will help you unload your truck and, you know, do the hard physical labor of, like, putting a convention booth together. And then get paid, like, what well, roughly amounted to, like, ten bucks an hour for, like, you spent five hours helping us do this, right? Like, yeah. Um so what sort of baffles me about this is that, like, <laughs> there are plenty of people who will come work your con booths. <laughs> yeah. Who you yeah. don't need to lure into the desert. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, and, like, I have a hard time imagining that you couldn't find someone to run warehouse unloading trips for you as a gig for a weekend yeah like so so here's here's where i want to begin with this is that like the problem i have with this is that like video production and editing is something you should pay someone on contract a decent rate for and you should do that per video you don't need that person on retainer a hundred percent you do not require no it does not require relocation <clears throat> and it doesn't require that person to, like, be at your beck and call at all times. In fact, you and I, who make significantly less money than these people, have considered paying an editor. Yes. Uh, and at their and at whatever rate they want to charge. Yes. Because, because, because even if at, like, a business like IPR should be able to set money aside to afford a video editor for 
on a case by case basis. Like a video, unless you, they are aiming to constantly produce video content, you only need the editor when you are editing a video. Right. Exactly. Uh, so like that, you could do the same like social media management is someone who can do that part time as as is. Same with customer service. Same with inventory and moving things around. And I'm like, all of these are gig jobs that you could certainly pay people to do on a case-by-case basis instead of luring someone into the into this... Into the desert. Into the desert. <laughs> it's a for little $10, man territory. For $10 an hour oh, God. to be for trapped there. Dollars. $10 an hour. God damn. Yeah, this is... There's so many, there's so many red flags. <laughs> it's just, there's so much wrong that the, the driving, the food desert, the, the fact that they specifically didn't want to hire anyone locally, that they are putting it out to the role-playing community and trying to couch it as this amazing opportunity for people who love games. Um, it just, it, it kind of, it kind of stinks. It kind of smells predatory. I know that like some of our coworker friends have been like, this is this is borderline triggering for me. <laughs> like yeah. I've been in I've been in abusive relationships like this, which which I don't want to make this seem like hyperbolic. IPR has is like as far as I understand, IPR is like a pillar of the indie RPG community. Which I guess puts a whole new like this this brings whole new bad facets to light. Like we we rely on these guys and they can't afford to pay themselves living wages, let alone a fifth person. Like, right. So, obviously, we need to talk about getting paid for your passions. Yes, we, <laughs> we do. <laughs> <sighs> so, let's talk about what's wrong with getting paid less to do what you love. All right. Listen. <laughs> I hate, I hate it. I, I I was I was a freelance illustrator for a lot of my young adult life and mm-hmm. now I'm a novelist and a freelance writer as I said before and you hear this in every aspect of like a humanities or arts related job that oh but you love what you do right it's another one of the reasons why teachers are so criminally underpaid it should be rewarding it should be for the love of the job right love of the job doesn't pay rent we live in a society like I can't <laughs> I can't bring all the like fan mail that I received to the bank and say, can I pay my mortgage with this instead of human dollars? It doesn't work that way. <laughs> it doesn't. Sorry, I was laughing at human dollars. You know, it doesn't. <laughs> it doesn't. Uh, like being good at writing rules doesn't matter unless someone's willing to buy them. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so we'll 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 start at the top with what's wrong with this, and I think we can we can all agree that we live in a capitalist hellscape, and unfortunately, we need money to live. Uh, we do need money to live. Yeah, scientists are finding that we need money to live. Scientists have discovered that we need money to live. This this isn't a matter of like oh, you're so materialistic. No, trying to profit on. No, I'm just trying to eat. Yes, yeah, I'm trying to eat and pay medical bills. I need to keep a roof over my head, and I need to eat because I am a living being, uh, and I require shelter and food. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that's 
hard to get on without both of those things. Anyway. If you want to circle it back to this job posting, yeah. even if they had upped it to $20 an hour, which mm-hmm. then is like, all right, cool, now we're talking, you're still asking someone to relocate to wear 20 different hats to, at first it was like, don't, we hope you don't do drugs. It's like, you can't tell me what to do. <laughs> like... There's a, there was a lot going on in the original job posting that even $20 an hour would be like, okay, but we need to discuss some of the other language in this post. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But also, the whole, this is, this is a job op- opportunity for gamers. If you love gaming, then this is, it, it's... I also promise that you don't need to be any sort of tabletop gamer in order to edit a video uh, or to unload boxes in a warehouse. Oh, absolutely not. What the, the, the language that they use is specifically there to try to shore up the shortcoming of the pay. Like, yeah, we're only giving you $10 an hour, but don't you love games? Right. Don't you want to work in games? And it's it's exploitation, straight up. The, the underpaying you or making bizarre demands on your time or insisting you relocate to the middle of the fucking desert for this job is exploiting you and exploiting your love of this industry. Um, I actually have a personal and somewhat daunting story about nearly putting myself in this position. Oh, someone who do you want to tell it? A known pest in the industry. Yeah, okay, I was tell straight it. up like... I mean, if it's cool, when I'm done, you might be like, we need to cut it. Um, what ebbs? When I, when I first started working on Exalted 3E. Oh, no. Two, okay. two original devs. Oh, God, fuck. Okay. <laughs> yeah, right? Oh, yeah. fuck. I know where this is. I have an idea where this is going. I, uh, thankfully, thankfully, was not made a victim, as so many were. But I made it really clear that I was super excited to work on Exalted because it was my favorite game and I was willing to do anything to keep working. And gosh, I would just love to be on every Exalted book possible. Saying all of this to someone who would later become a known sex pest in the industry. I dodged a fucking bullet, y'all. <laughs> don't, don't do what I did. It's okay to love the game. It's okay to love the industry. It's not okay to sell yourself short for that love. There will be other passions and there will be other hobbies and there will be other opportunities. Oh, spoilers. You, they you never they never contracted it. you for your your work. They sure didn't. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, if that's the worst I'm going to get out of that, then that's fine. Because there are some people that were like legitimately preyed on by this person. So let's talk about what maybe like we should be paying people for their work. Oh, my God. Um, I, I honestly... For, for my part, I, for my part, I don't have a good answer for this. If we were talking about freelance writing in any other industry, the absolute floor would be ten cents a word. And game writing has a really hard time meeting that, from what I've seen. I know that this is going to be difficult to talk about because we still have this whole American capitalist thing of don't talk about how much you make, even after the publishing paid me movement earlier this year. But um. I honestly, I'm fucking psyched to see a six cent a word offer at this point in my gaming, in my game writing career. Like that for me is like, woo, big money. Yeah. I'm valued. I feel that. If this were a job posting in any other industry, $10 an hour would get them like about as lambasted as they have been, thankfully. (laughs) (laughs) Though there have been like, uh, there have been a lot of hot takes on this already. There have been many hot takes. Uh, Some hot takes I think are off base and some hot takes I think are pretty good. 
some hot takes are getting close. They're, you know, they're like the good heat, like the Szechuan pepper heat that kind of numbs your tongue. Yeah. yeah. As opposed to the, like the nasty 80% vinegar hot sauce heat. They're like, <laughs> why did you do this? You've wasted a perfectly good chicken wing. <laughs> that kind of hot take. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, oh boy. Um, so I don't know if I want to talk too specifically about pay rates, like on this public platform. See, see, see <laughs> American yeah. capitalism. I know. Like, don't it's... talk about how much you make. You're going to make people uncomfortable. Right. Uh, plus the other things of like, you shouldn't have said that publicly as I am still, you know, beholden to answering True. to other people. Um, True. But I will say that development work pays real money. Like, it is based on how much time you put into it. Uh, yeah. But uh, it is, if I were doing it constantly, which I am not, like, yeah. if it were pay that were happening constantly, but I'm, but to to clarify this, even doing development, which is a lot of work, is not 40 hours a week, every week work, right? Oh, right. That's the other thing is none of this stuff. This is all like as needed. This is right. not a genuine like, So th there's no guarantee of steady work. So here, here's the thing. Let me, let me put it in sort of general terms. Uh, depending on the amount of hours put into the development of a book, um, developer pay is upwards of $30 an hour. That's pretty fucking good. Right, but that but consider but, that that like <clears throat> if I condensed down like if I used a time condenser ray to condense down literally all the time <laughs> I spent working on we'll go with Titanomaki because that one's out. Um yeah. it was probably eighty hours. Two weeks. Mm, mm -hmm, like if mm -hmm. all the like because it's like an hour here, an hour there, an hour here, an hour there, with like maybe a concentrated amount of work while you're doing red lines. And then a concentrated amount of work while you're doing development. Uh, and so you have these two like big spikes while you're like prepping the book to be going through first drafts and cleaning them up. That's red lines. And then prepping the book to go through approvals, through art, through editing, uh, and then be ready to become a manuscript that gets printed. <laughs> and that's development. Um, and like, plus like sending emails here and there. So like it was, it, I... It, the the administrative work parts were like two weeks of full-time work right spread over the course of a year and a half yeah <laughs> <laughs> so you know that that's the other thing too that like even like even if i was a full-time developer i'm like not working on books constantly because we're not pr producing books constantly i mean we yeah. are but yeah. like nobody is <clears throat> nobody is spending a full-time job doing this um and even even if that was somebody's full-time job like there's still not going to be times when you're working <laughs> mm -hmm. um so so i feel like that's part of the problem question mark that like is is doing this full-time even viable at all because we'll just have to use the shitty capitalist 40-hour workweek standard, which is bad. Uh, like, <laughs> what are you doing every day? 
Oh, if you're not working every day, then right, right. Well, no, I meant, count. I just meant like so. If you're paying yourself a salary for doing that all the time, uh, how many books are you producing? I don't mean why. Why are you not working literally eight hours every day? Uh, like, how many books are you juggling to make that worthwhile? Does that right. make sense? Okay. Does that make how more many, sense? How many contracts do you have up in the air? Right. You have to. Or if you're to, in order to. Or make if them. you're trying to do this independently, like how many things are you trying to produce in order to make yourself have a wage that's livable? Right. Yeah. Uh, because I yeah. feel like you can totally be like, I'm going to pay myself thirty dollars an hour for these eighty hours of work, which I'm going to do over the next year and a half. <laughs> right. Like. Yeah. <laughs> uh. And that, like, and also with producing something like Titanomaki, which went through, you know, a Onyx Path has a structure, um, and lots of people seem to think Onyx Path is, like, a corporate big company, and that's not true. They're actually, we are actually a small press, regardless of how it looks from the outside. There are literally four four full-time employees... (laughs) Uh, that we've just been around for a while and so kind of know what we're doing and don't screw it up most of the time. (laughs) (laughs) The illusion of having a lot more people. Right, yeah. Well, like, there's a ton of... Remember how I was talking earlier about, like, you could could do all these things contract, which is what we do. Like, uh, I am being paid a fair wage by Onyx Path to project manage uh, several of their books, um, which means I get paid when I am doing that work. Uh, and um, you can, in fact, negotiate how your contract pays you out. There's a certain way it works by default, uh, but, like, there have definitely been instances of people being like, I need to get paid differently. This would work better for me, and then they work it out with you. (laughs) And I don't know what kind of negotiating power I would have if I went back and said, can I have a little bit more? But I am paid exactly what they tell me they're going to pay me. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, I mean, the the worst thing that will happen if you ask for more money is that the answer is no. No. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, um, I, I guess my point was that, like, it's hard to figure out how much product you need to produce in order to pay that amount of money correctly, short yeah. of everybody being contractor on basically part time or by contract. Like, I feel like if, if we wanted someone to edit video, it would be the same deal. We would pay someone like 30 bucks an hour to edit this one video and they would get paid their like thousand dollars for the 40 hours of work or whatever. My math was very off there, but you know, yeah, I that mean. was wild. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not very good at adding things up in my head. Um, no, it's okay though. <laughs> but you get what I'm saying. Like, Oh yeah. That, I mean, that's the, that's the song and dance for, for every, like every freelancer ever is you get paid on, I guess you get paid on spec cause you just, is there work to be done? I'll do it. Okay, cool. Now I have some money for the month. Right. Whether you're a freelance fiction writer or writing articles or illustrator, it's it's all going to work like that. Yeah. Uh, but that doesn't mean that what you're getting paid is what you should settle for. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> do you want to, uh, can you do the mid-episode break? I want to get some more coffee. Uh, yeah, okay. All right. I'll, I'll be right back. Let's, uh, let's see what we got here. Monica's getting coffee. Um, I'm not going to do the mid-episode break. Instead, I'm going. No, I am going to do the mid. I don't. I don't know where. I don't know where I was going with that joke. 
It was supposed to be like the mods are asleep, like post Destiel, but you know. Y'all, did you see Destiel's canon? Can you believe it? It's been like 10 years. And then they make one of them gay and then he just immediately dies. Like, next level homophobia. Blew my mind. And it's not even just that like, you're gay, you go to hell. It's that he had a thing going where like, as soon as he's happy, he goes to hell. So because he was happy that he's gay, he went to hell. How do you even do that? How do you even do that in 2020? This meta-episode break is brought to you by the Misdirected Mark Network. Bing! <laughs> Become a BXP patron. Even $3 a month gets you access to our outline, episodes of bonus content every month, uh, our, some stuff in our Discord. This, this copy is out of date. I'm doing my best. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> We're actually planning on a big old Patreon update here pretty soon. It might even be, it might even be live by the time this episode comes out. But we need to we need to make some changes to how our Patreon is organized. Yeah, we need to kind of revisit that. Um, if you'd rather support BXP without committing to monthly payments on a slightly outdated Patreon, you can still buy us coffee at ko-fi.com slash bxpcast. Oh, yeah, it's still out there, isn't it? Such a stupid URL. Ko-fi.com slash bxpcast. You can also buy our stuff, including the products made by our guests. Um we have a merch page. There's like t-shirts and mugs and stickers and shit. Um, you can go to bxpcast.com slash bxpswag to check out all our merch. Um, didn't we have something about Nerdy Cappy? Where's the Nerdy Cappy bit? Uh, we have, if you buy stuff from Nerdy Cappy, nerdycappy.com, use code bxpcast to check out for 10% off. Yes, that's right. Yep. Uh, you get 10% off your order. Every order doesn't ever expire. Buy a ton of stuff from them. They're great. They're awesome. Yeah. Uh, and we're, yeah. we are soon going to have, they've been really busy with 2020 and also they're currently in the middle of a Kickstarter. I don't know if the Kickstarter will oh, be yeah, done by the time the Kickstarter comes campaign out. is being, it's awesome. It's super successful so far. It'll probably be even more successful by now. Yeah. I don't know how, <laughs> I don't know when this episode is slated to come out. Um, proud to the bone. Uh, that's the name of the Kickstarter nerdy Cappy. You should look it up uh, and donate money if it's still going. Um, it's got some really, really cool pride flag uh, skulls. There are these cool animal skulls and human skulls that are like wearing these really pretty flower crowns, which you can get in pride flag colors. Um, and I backed it, and I'm going to get a ton of them, and I'm like, I don't know what I'm going to do with all these pins, but <laughs> I like to support my friend and their business. Yeah, um, the, the the designs are beautiful. We've been seeing like all the in-progress shots, and, and it's really cool. Yes. Like, yeah. I the some of the the stretch goals are like additional skulls. I think they just didn't they just make yeah, they just unlocked the lion? tiger. Oh, tiger! Yes, yeah. yeah, it's so cool. Yeah, and the next um, one is possum. I love nerdy cappy. They're great. Um, and also we're once once we're done with all this, we are going to actually move some of our merch to being nerdy cappy exclusive. Oh yes, that's um, right. I know the people did not know that we have those cool Lacroix shirts. Oh shit. Yeah. Buy our LaCroix shirts. Yeah, the, our, what the hell? Our LaCroix shirts are going to be a Nerdy Cappy exclusive. That's, that's yeah. the thing. Um, <laughs> and, and currently you can buy a t-shirt on Nerdy Cappy that says, have you considered dying mad about it? Uh, which you oh, should yeah. buy. That's not not technically a BXP product, <laughs> technically but it's not, BXP no. in spirit. <laughs> <laughs> um, so you oh, can look else? forward to that in the future. Oh, say you could also... Instead of spending money, because I know times are tight, and the economy, and the election, 
and stop the steal and money. So saying nice things is always free. Yeah, sure is. You can leave us a good review on Apple Podcasts or Podbean or Stitcher or wherever it is that you're getting our podcast. And it'll help us get more listeners. Good reviews are like, you know, the leave a penny, take a penny. They sure are. Yeah. Yeah. If you like bonus experience, shit, I have to click on this link. You do. (laughs) (laughs) If you like bonus experience. You should also try one of the other great shows on Misdirected Mark Network. That's an excellent such stall. As, I'm proud of you. Such uh, as Pandas Talking Games. Phil and Senda answer your questions about RPGs from the perspective of one-shots and campaigns with some panda silliness. If you listen to it, you will love it, or so the rumors say. They also do outtakes at the end of their episodes, which are very good. They are, they are <laughs> very good. We were guests once, and our outtakes were hysterical. Yeah, a little, a little out there. I'm finding more and more as we do like, like crossover events and shit that we're kind of like weird. We're, I think Dixie called us, (laughs) uh, called it chaotic energy. We have a lot of chaotic energy, (laughs) as it turns out. How did we make it three years? Who can say? (laughs) Who can say? Yes, have more cookies, child. It pleases me. Thumbs up to you as well, my boy. <laughs> uh, all right, I'm going to have another. Oh, these cookies are going fast. Ah. Eat another cookie. Do it. Oh, and while you're eating that cookie, we can think about how do we fucking fix this? Oh, okay. <laughs> You see, all, all I wrote was, man, I'm not an economist, yeah, and four exclamation points. Yes. You do have some suggestions, though. Yeah. I mean, if you're in a position where you're, like, in control of this, just fucking pay your writers more. If you can't afford even five cents a word, then you can't afford your writer. Set aside more money. Budget it. Do what you do. What you got to do. If you can't afford that writer, you, you, you better pony up the words then, my pal. So, so someone who is much smarter than me or at least better at adding numbers in their head which as i demonstrated a few minutes ago i can't do um <laughs> listen that's a learning disability it? i'm not Dis- stupid calculia? Uh, <laughs> Dis-calcul- discalculia yeah. discalculia discalculia <laughs> i can add in my head, head. I, I, I can but it just takes me a minute um don't ask me to do it quickly um whatever and going backwards is even worse but forget it uh (laughs) (laughs) anyway right so um someone else who's smarter than me and much better at doing math in their head or at least doing math on a napkin um figured out that the price of the D php has not changed since it was released like um, accounting for inflation period (laughs) i mean no, no no accounting for inflation the price that one pays for the book is Are you talking about like since the very first D&D? Like since the very first manual came out, like which was like I think the first manual cost like 15 to 20 bucks and now it costs like 60. Uh but like the 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 value of that has not changed. Like people do not consider those to be worth more than that particular amount of money. Um right. and right. part of that is because you know, if you didn't know, Wizards of the Coast is owned by Hasbro, a multi, uh, like a billion dollar toy company. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that yeah. owns the rights to Magic the Gathering, one of the games that makes the most money ever. Uh, they can afford to sell at a loss. Uh, so 
so we have the flagship. I hate giving them this credit, but it's true. You have this flagship and this like cultural tar pit of D&D that is not selling its product at a rate that is sustainable for independent creators. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I saw someone talking about Invisible Sun and like game, how gamers made fun of it. Um, right. And, and yeah. I, like, I think they I want some like weird add-ons and shit. No, that, that makes sense though. Cause I hadn't considered that D and D is basically driving prices down. down. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, I, I heard, I'm going to get on a weird little soapbox. I heard that like, Crit Roll is going to make their own supplement, which is like, uh, yeah, okay. <laughs> which is both like, <laughs> but also, <laughs> but also I kind of hope that maybe they charge a proper oh, amount for it. That they, that they caught, that they cost just a little bit that more. That like it costs just a little bit more that like maybe yeah, Crit yeah. Roll charges, you know, $65 or whatever for their product and maybe that rising tide will float some boats hmm. that's my hope anyway yeah, okay. so, yeah, right. so like the the answer to pay writers more means you have to also kind of increase the price of your product yeah that's true um i i hate that honestly i i hate that how do we pay writers more well it's not our fault it's your fault but I, as, to some extent, I understand that because that, I hadn't considered that as a whole, the economy is that the game economy has this ceiling, yeah. this, this Dungeons and Dragons ceiling that they have to stay under. Otherwise, people go, well, I'll just go buy Dungeons and Dragons. Oh, Julia is messaging me to inform me that they already did if you mean the Wild Amount thing. I don't mm -hmm. know. Uh, I don't I know. know if they've done a D&D &D hack thing, but the Explorer's Guide to Wild Amount was a legit D&D &D thing. I don't know anything about Critical Role, it, she and if you says, tweet something about it to me, I will block you. She says, it's cool as fuck. Is it a setting book? Crit Critical um, Role has reached, like, homestuck levels of, I don't want to fucking know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure it's great. I'm sure you love it. She's typing. I'm sure the fandom is amazing. I don't, I don't fucking care. Uh, I would pay, I, I would give a major limb to see Crit Role play Exalted Essence. Hmm. Now, see... Now we're fucking talking. <laughs> I'm, I'm right. doing the she says, right now. <laughs> Julia says the Wild Explorer's Guide to Wild Amount is a setting book and it has character creation specific to building characters in that setting. Hmm. Uh, do you know how much it costs? It's essentially a wet dream for critical role peeps. <laughs> <laughs> Ew. <laughs> I'm eating cookies. <laughs> if you could stop. Not... She says it's 50 bucks a standard book price. Mm. Uh, I'm a bracket Kevin Sorbo voice and bracket dis disappointed. I'm on my last cookie. <laughs> I need you to know this is my last cookie. I'm really upset about it because these have been really good to me. I'm sorry. You're going to have to go on a quest to Russia to get more. Universal Yums, if you're out there, I love these stupid Russian cookies. I want more. I want more cookie. All right. <sighs> okay, so what are we supposed to do? Am I, are we not, are we just, uh, 
not supposed to. Oh, Julia, let me before I move on to this topic, Julia pointed out something else that I think is really important to talk about for a sec. Uh, okay. I, I responded with disappointed. Uh, <laughs> 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 uh, she said, oh, yeah, try getting a customer not to buy it for twenty six dollars on Amazon from Wizards directly. So let's talk about oh that. Okay. It's only twenty six dollars, huh? Yes, because Wizards has a because Wizards subsidiary of Hasbro has a deal with Amazon, another multi billion dollar company, uh, taking advantage of selling at a loss. Great. So, like, I think it's really important to understand that, like, these two Cap- key leaders capitalism works great. Yeah, capitalism is doing fantastic. We're just. In- interest in the invisible hand. I love it. Not to be confused with the invisible sun, which is charging the correct price. <laughs> or the visible hand in the invisible sun. And it, it, it's a very visible hand, in fact. <laughs> anyway, I'm having some LaCroix. Oh, apparently they also got rid of MSRP on magic just to screw over brick and mortar stores. So. Fuck. So, so we have this. So like one of the big problems that we are just dealing with, like endemically, is the fact that the leader of the industry, which they are, I'm sorry, die mad about it, I guess. Who are you apologizing to? The audience who's <laughs> going to get mad that I'm indicating that D&D is the leader of the industry, which they are, I'm sorry, um, is doing things that fuck the rest of us. Yep, 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 yep. Uh, and, yes. and creating yep. this depressed economy for games where... We laugh at the idea that Invisible Sun charged what it was worth for six full color books in a cool art piece, um, and we are willing to buy Crit Roll's book from Amazon directly for half the price that they are charging. So, like, that right there is the fucking problem. (sighs) All right. Yeah, right? Like, (laughs) I don't know what else to say other than that's it. That's it right there. There's, I mean, there's no... There's no good way around it. So what do we do? Yeah, what do we do? What are we supposed to do? Not work? Yeah. Do not we make just not games? work in gaming anymore? Because yeah. we won't be able to make enough money? I mean, I'm not, I'm not fucking going to say that. <laughs> I, as much as I've just bitched about how little money it's worth and how your chances of making a decent living at this are basically zero, um, writing for games is really fun and really rewarding, just not in the money way. And while some people will use that as a, oh, well, just don't expect anything better way, you know, Monica and I mean that in a, this is fucked up. We need to try to fix it, but please don't quit your day job kind of way. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Yeah, I I am. I make your art. Always make your art. Like. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Please. If that's if that's what moves you, fucking do it. Please make your art. Like, defy. (laughs) Defy the capitalist world we live in and make your art. Find a way to make, make your, your art. art. But um, don't let people exploit your art. Yeah, but also don't try. Do your best to not let people exploit your art. Um, and let me just coda on there. Don't get mad at people for for accepting making art for money. Yeah, and don't get mad at people for deciding to actually ask what what they're what they're worth, what they deserve. Yeah, and 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 if you see kickstarters for indie games that are like really transparent about paying their writers a, a decent wage back them share them retweet them i know a lot of games now are starting to include 
pay raises for their workers like as a Kickstarter goal, which I don't really like, but I can understand the necessity of it. Mm -hmm. Like if you if you're gonna if you're in a position where you're like, okay, I can put a pay raise in the Kickstarter. Make it one of the, like the easier to reach goals. <laughs> like, it should probably be just... like your first or second one. Yeah, not your last um, one. This is—I mean—it's going to be up to us. Honestly, we can't rely on D and D to do the right thing. We can't rely on Amazon to do the right thing because the right thing doesn't make them more money. It's up to us, basically, to try to take care of each other and try to spread it around and, and try to make sure that we're all getting enough to get by. Yeah, I kind of feel like the answer is maybe that small press needs to start fucking ignoring what Hasbro owned what Wizards of the Coast partnership with Amazon is doing cuz you can't we yeah. we I feel like we literally cannot We literally compete. cannot compete in any regard. Like make your heartbreaker whatever, be happy, but do understand that you literally cannot compete with that because you, unless you are independently wealthy uh somehow that they're out there, uh, like yeah, already before. But you before make you game. make your game, you're not gonna have the ability to do so. Like, and I think small press and independent solo artists, you need to stop trying to compete. Uh, and that, like, I've been chewing on like the way people get games into their lives is through cultural transmission, which means someone rolls up and is like, "Hey, do you want to play Blades in the Dark?" Yeah, um, yeah. Someone has to tell people that they exist. Um, and I think maybe we need to work on cultural transmission first and mm -hmm. then yeah. figure out a way to get more people's eyes on other products and like give up on the people who are like, I'm going to leave or go play D&D because they're never going to be interested in anything else anyway and they're a lost cause. But I know that there are plenty of people out there who would certainly be interested in other things, but they just don't know they exist. Mm-hmm. Yep. They think that D&D is it. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I have a whole thing about that. As I, I did a very small informal poll on Twitter of, like... That'd be a fun topic, I think, for another oh, yeah. episode maybe, maybe the that cultural can... transmission of games. Yeah, maybe that can be next time's episode. The cultural transmission. Let me just add it on the outline real quick. Let me just... <sighs> 3x question mark Hold. and i can talk about the people i can talk about my informal poll of people who only got into gaming via fifth edition D&D, and they're like the stuff that they told me which was interesting cultural transmission in the time of rona <laughs> well i wish i had like a, a brighter like hope spot to end this on but it really comes down to like we got to take care of each other, y'all. Like, we got it. We got to be doing better by fellow writers, by fellow devs. Because if we're not making that sweet, sweet D and D cheddar, which, as far as I understand, isn't even that great either. <laughs> there's just, there's just no way to compete with the big guy. So you know, form co-ops and unionize and donate to people's GoFundMe's and keep keep making your art and don't let people exploit your art. By telling you you're being materialistic or that the love of the game should be enough. Because it's not. Correct. And they know it. They do know you it. You have to pay bills like everyone else. We live in a society. We live in a society. <laughs> <laughs> Monica. Ray. What, what, where, what, where could they find our show? <laughs> uh, for more of this 
pure chaos energy. Uh, you can find all our episodes on bxpcast.com, part of the Misdirected Mark Network. Bleh, bleh, bleh. Part of the oh, Misdirected oh, oh. Mark Network. Bing. Thank you. Uh, where could they? <clears throat> Excuse me. Where could they email us? I need to answer emails. Um, bonus expcast at gmail.com. Uh, where could they tweet at us? Uh, you can holler at us, tell us we're wrong, start some Twitter discourse. We'll just turn it into an episode. Um, you yeah. can do that at bonusexpcast. Where could they find you on Twitter? Uh, you can find me at Zenith Sun. Uh, you can find me at Ray W. Cole. Got rid of that underscore. Underscores are for losers. I also have RayWCole.com. Haven't updated oh, yeah. it in a bit, but it's got like, you know. A list of the th- shit that I've made. I, you know, I, <laughs> I should do that. I've been like my beautiful art. I should, I should make a, I should make a thing. Go buy Titanomachy. Yeah, go you buy Titanomachy. You can buy the stuff that I wrote. Yeah, you can just go do it. Your name's on it. My name's on it. Your name's on it. Do you Our like monster manuals? Because it? it's a really fucking good monster manual. Do you like? Do you like monster manuals? Do you like mythology? Do you like making nerds cry? <laughs> do you like? <laughs> uh, do you like that good gay shit? Do you like that good gay shit? And it has a really fucking cool cover. It really does, y'all. It's a beautiful book. <laughs> <laughs> I was just showing it off to my family and. They they got they got the wire. One of my kids got the wires crossed somehow, and he was like, "So did you draw that?" I was like, "I no, buddy. I I I, I wrote the words." Oh, okay. <laughs> the light went out of his eyes. I was like, "Oh no." <laughs> I'm sorry that your kid was disappointed because that cover is really fucking awesome. That cover is so good. Uh, all right, everybody, get out. Oh yeah, you can also buy the cover as a poster. Oh wait, what? Really? Yeah, really. I asked specifically oh. to have the cover put on the uh, OPP yeah. Redbubble store as a poster because it's so fucking cool. Hell yeah. And an iPad cover and a couple other things. But but you can totally you can buy the cover as an art piece. So Okay. Yeah. Well Yep. All right. Uh, well go go yep. go buy the cover if nothing else. Go buy the cover, go buy Titanomeki, support your local queer women speaking with authority about games. Mm-hmm. And uh, everybody get out. Alright, I'm, I'm gonna go. I, uh, it's lunchtime. It's late here. I like how you walk away from the mic when I say everybody get out. I, I Yeah, I'm leaving. It's time to go. <laughs> All right, we'll change it if you want yeah, to. Yeah, change it if you want to. Bye. Bye. Bonus Experience is written and produced by Monica and Ray and edited by me, Margaret. The Bonus Experience logo and cover art were created by Nina Studios. The Bonus Experience theme song is Reeves Nora's with the light by Van Arb by Nature and is here used under the attribution, non-commercial creative commons license. Fourth edition Dungeons and Dragons is the best edition the line has seen yet. Do not at me. And thank you for listening.